This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code PANTS. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code PANTS for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code PANTS. Pants. Happy Saturday, Kate. Hi. Another Hi. Saturday. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny we have like an actual day we do this now. I because love it's a day the schedule. We're not working. Oh, you do? Don't you don't like a schedule? I'll tell you the thing with me and schedules. I You're not good at them. At my age, I still can't get it together. That's why that's it's, why you um, have the Google Calendar, Leisha, and you d- type it all in. That and has you look, helped me a lot. It's a game changer. You'll get a notification. They'll say reminder, and then you do it. Sure, but the, you have to remember to put it in the Google Calendar as well. So You do that the moment something comes up. Right. That's the thing I don't... It's a habit, but I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's one of the best habits I've adapted because... I also would forget things, especially if I have like five things planned in one day. It's not that I don't try. And I pretty much, I would say I fulfill 90% of my obligations and I mess up about 10, 10% of them. Little Dory in her Google calendar. You know, I don't even know if it's a Dory thing. I think it's just how we're built. Mm, no? Okay. Look, well, maybe, maybe. I haven't... For instance, I know someone who's 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 like, schedules are my thing. Mm-hmm. It's my manager. Mm-hmm. It's my manager, Katie. She's like, I love schedules. I love scheduling things. I love giving them out. I love receiving them. I love to work them over. Not my interest. And I, that's what I'm saying. I think there are personality types. And, you know, we all exist for a reason. I'm not saying that's why Katie exists. Katie, that's not what I'm saying. Because I know you're listening on your walk. She's lying, what Katie. I'm sa- <laughs> no, I'm, I just mean we, we all have skills that happens to be not one of the ones that I have. I'm saying I like a schedule. I like that. I like that we now have Saturdays when we do this. I think maybe that's why I enjoy doing television because I have a schedule for six months. Now, granted, the schedule within those six months will change, but I know what I'm doing for the next six months. Great. Oh, I do. And enjoy- I do like that. I agree with you. You know, I love it. Like, 
the longevity of something. And you're like, and you're like booked for that. You're like, thank you. Like you don't have to sweat it. No. Or like when I, when I get my hair cut, like when I'm done, I'm like, Hey, can we schedule now? Because I'm going to forget and we schedule it. And I put it in my little Google calendar and boom, it's Mm -hmm. done. One less thing to think about. And then I just look and I think, Oh, I'm due for another haircut in six weeks. Do you do alerts? I don't know how to turn those damn things off. I get alerts on the iPad, the iPhone, on the calendar, on the email, on the text. I hate it. Like I have to, I, I, I just, my phone goes, no, bing, I'm bing, sorry. Bing. You know, I don't mean regular alerts. I mean, um, reminders, like in 30 minutes, you have this thing coming up. I don't like that. I don't okay. need it. Cause I'll look at my wake up and I'll say what's today. And then I'll, you know, see what's up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you're a better person than me. No, I'm not. We're just built differently. It's funny. I wouldn't even think of you as that type anyway. This is new for you. Let's not act, what? act like you've always been this way. What? With a calendar? Schedule-y. Like, I just I like know. writing my stuff down. I like to have it organized. Back, I do like to work a list. I like that. What, back, back when we used to use pens and paper. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I still do. Um, I used to have those little booklet calendars. And when stuff would come up, I'd put it in my booklet calendar. and A file effects. Did you have that? Yeah, but there were too many options. Oh, I love that thing. I just I love the simple. One. I love the simple. Um, every day was a different day of, in the calendar, and you had a whole thing to like write whatever you had to do that day on. I love a pen and paper. Me too. That's what I'm saying. That I'm great at. I have calendars from the '90s, little things I'd carry around with me, and it said something I, like, "Had lunch at Dojo's." Like I'd write. I things wish down I like still that. had mine. I had a feng shui attack and tossed all mine out. I wish I still had it. I'd love to see what I was doing. It's pretty funny. You weren't doing much, probably like me. Like when I had to model. Oh, I'm sorry. My manager, my, my, when, when I was I modeling. When I had to model. For, well, let me finish. No. When I was modeling for 20 minutes, the booking agent said, here, take this count, cal- take this little calendar book. Cause back in the day you had to, you know, get on a pay phone and call to get, you know, your casting sessions for the following day and, you know, write down the times and the address and then, you know, figure out how the next day you were going to get around the city to 10 different places. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's when I started getting into the habit of that. And I thought, oh, I love having a little calendar. I get to write all my shit in. Right. It was sort of the first time you were responsible for something, probably time and you had to show up somewhere. Well, I was responsible for my own time because if I didn't go to the castings, you wouldn't be up for the job because no one knew who you were. What did you model for? Or what did you, what did you book? Do you have like a big, is there a big thing you've been in that I don't know? I almost got a product campaign. Um, (gasps) But the irony is that my, but my book, but the irony is that the modeling agency fucked it up. Um, How? What's the story? Oh, it's, it's unimportant. I don't, I don't want to tarnish anyone's name, but um, I think when I started modeling, I, you know how fashion kind of goes in stages, like one, you know, there's an era where this one type is really popular and that's what everyone wants. And then it segues out into another type. I was, I don't think I was the type anyone was looking for it in the moment. I was like this little like androgynous tomboy who was like five foot seven and like a hundred pounds. And that whole Kate Moss moment had ended. So they were on to like, you know, mm-hmm. You know, tall women who were like long flowing hair and, you know, like then so they looked at me kind of like 10 heads. I'm like, what are you doing here? Meanwhile, meanwhile, like it was a not, golden egg. Meanwhile, well, it was not, you know, it was not my path. And you know what? It's fine because I didn't like it anyway. 
It sounds hard, modeling. It was not fun. It was not fun. You know it what it was? Like they put really you in eat. things. Oh. Oh, I ate. I didn't care about that. They just put you in things that you didn't like. Like, I don't want to wear Clothes? that. Yes. Oh. Like, I don't want to wear that. It's hideous. What makes you think I want to wear that? And then meanwhile, like, that's the job. That's the job. Put it on and look like a waif. Or not be a person. You're just a mannequin that moves. I'm not mm-hmm. interested. It wasn't, I didn't have the personality for it. It was too opinionated. <laughs> well, it taught you something. Taught me to wrap it up and, you know. Well, no, it taught you to schedule. Taught me the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of schedules, our schedules allowed us to do what we were supposed to do last week. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, I actually fit it in. I was like, Leisha. I did too. You cannot. You I cannot flake this week. So did yep. I. That's so funny. Yep. That's what, Yeah, I was like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to commit. The one little pickle I have is what you gave me wasn't a TV show. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's not a movie. It's a documentary. Is it? Okay, well. I enjoyed it thoroughly, but it wasn't like a thing that you can continue watching. It's a standalone. I thought we just had to give some each other something to watch that oh, we could learn okay. something from. Okay. Did I have the assignment wrong? It does Like I said, it was a little pickle. It doesn't matter. God, sorry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I really enjoyed it. You did. I did. I really liked yours too. Are we launching in? No, you want to dick around for another 20 minutes? Yeah, let's <laughs> launch in. Okay, go, go. Um, first of all, what you had me watch in the first five minutes, first two minutes, I thought I'm fucked and I'm going to be a fucking wreck by the end of this thing. And long story short, I could not talk, Leisha. I could not fucking talk. I had, I was like tears pouring down my eyes. I was, I know. like, I, my heart was racing. I was a fucking mess. I know. Kate, when I tell you I thought of you the second I watched this thing, I was like, it, you know what it reminded me of? I huh. knew you would love this. Remember when you and I were on a walk in Vancouver? And, and you I found, found my a baby little, possum. Your tiny baby possum. Yep. And you picked it up and, and you were like, please let me take this home. As though I was, by the way, like I was your mother or something. <laughs> but, but I think you needed someone to talk sense into you. And I was like, you cannot take that home. It is not, it is, you need to let it go into the wild. And, and you listen to me. And by the way, have you seen a grown up possum? And you I've never forgiven me. you. I've never forgiven you. I for know that. you've never let it go. But I, but we've always shared since that day, we send each other, you know, memes or, you know, Instagram <laughs> posts of cute little things because I think we share this in common. And when I saw this, I was like, if that is not Kate Menick in the water, <laughs> I don't know what is. Well, what's the okay, name of so it? So what did I have you watch? I had you watch my I, octopus teacher. Yes. On Netflix. Okay. It's a documentary. Um, that's why I'm giving you shit. Because it's a documentary. It's not a, it's not a series. But who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, Was it oh on your TV? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have it's one It's like you annoying... can't take it away, right? You can't, like, you can't, you, it's not something you just leave behind and go, whatever, I watch that. It's like it, it carry, it, you carry Mm-mm. it with you. No, it hit me. It, it, like, I wept. I, like, when mm-hmm. I tell you how bereft I was destroyed. Um, I have one issue and this guy, I really liked him 
I've heard some people complain about him. I actually found him very endearing and kind, this guy. He was just like in a crossroads in his life and he wasn't happy and he couldn't understand why. And he went back to this simple pleasure because he was he inspired. He it very well why he very, went back into the right. ocean. And, 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 you know, and he makes friends with this wild octopus and they're not known to be like dogs. They're independent. I guess they're considered mullocks, right? Uh-huh. They're like a snail out of out of the shell. But they're one of the smartest creatures on the planet. And we're just like, Insane. oh, an octopus. And people are eating calamari. And we're just like, nobody's thinking about the octopus, but this guy. Exactly. Exactly. And he makes friends with this, uh, with this octopus very, very slowly. Or as you can be friends with an octopus. And he visits her every... My favorite is that it was like, like, like he knew the gender. I, know. I don't want to miss... I don't want to misgender the octopus. But like, you know, it was... You know, and and like he went to see her every day and 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 they made they became friends. And the one thing that really pissed me off, and this is where I would have done it differently, was when the the shark came around and he Mm -hmm. said, I didn't want to interfere. Fucking help your friend out. Listen, Kate, you have to understand that you can't in nature. It it is the wrong thing to do. But I I, I had the same I had the same instinct that I was like. Swim up to that thing and scare it away. Shoot it away because this mm-hmm. poor baby. It's like he she has to grow back. A I know. Oh my god, I could ball again. I know. I, he really upset me. He really upset me with that one. And I know I, you can't get involved and you can't disrupt the natural order of things in nature. And there's Darwinism and all that crap. I don't care. Help your friend out. Right. You know, like when you made me release that little baby possum that was abandoned mm-hmm. that fit in the palm of my hand back into the wild. That baby possum could not have made it now. I mean, who knows where that little thing is now? Oh, sorry, Alicia. I know you look guilty, but, you know, I really wanted to take it home and, and, and you know, give it a life and then release were it Were we back. living together then? Maybe that's why. Yeah, we were. <laughs> no, we weren't. That was, no, we weren't okay. living together yet. Okay. That was, that was first season. No. Anyway. How about how smart and intelligent this creature is that only lives oh. for one year? One year. That blew my mind and how yeah. much it learns and, and knows instinctually because it's been yeah. millions of years that it's learned to survive. And they're very independent. But all the things they know how to do and the mm-hmm. different ways they swim and hunt and hide. And how they change colors and how they able, oh they're God. able to look like kelp or a rock or sand or whatever it is. They've learned their environment so well. They're little chameleons. The other thing that upset me with him was, mm-hmm. you know, because octopuses do have that short life, short lifespan. He says it, you know, they live fast and they die young. So and right. when her body finally gives up after she's, you know, had all these eggs and she's like laying on the on the ocean floor and the shark takes it away. He was down there seeing that. Filming it. I know. So I would have taken that octopus and brought it up to the surface and buried it in my backyard. Right. Fuck that I probably shark. would have done that too. I would have done that too. I know, and she looked like a little ghost when it was in the oh, shark's mouth because she was because she was losing all of her color. <sighs> I could die. I could die over this documentary. I've never been so Did affected you, by something. Were you upset by it? I was by myself, oh, weeping, man. weeping, and I thought, I know, I know what Kate needs to watch. Did you watch it with Anna? Did she have that? Were you, was she crying? No, she was working, but she came up at the end and she's like, are you crying? And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I could not get my fucking shit together. <laughs> could not get it together. Could not. But the, the fact that this guy would go down there every single day 
and he wouldn't use a snor- he wouldn't use any scuba equipment so he had that snorkel I mean, he never really said how long he was down there every day, but I'm going to assume maybe an hour and he would go back up and down to the surface, right? To get breaths of air. Well, obviously, yeah. So the chances like, but he's not in the goddamn water 12 hours a day. So the fact that he was there for the two experiences, one, when the shark attacked the octopus, and then when the octopus finally, when it's, when her lifeless body was taken away by the shark, the fact he was there to witness those two things, help your friend out. Well, I would have to guess that he was down there for more than an hour because one, you have to swim to the location. He has to get his body to adjust to the cold temperature. And then he was going to different parts of the kelp forest too. It wasn't like it was just, I think it's, I think it's many miles, isn't it? I mean, it seemed like it was miles. I don't know. He never, he was learning to track her. I'm not sure how big it was. My point is that like he was there to experience these two things. Those two big yeah, moments. Yeah, what's your point? Oh, that he didn't like, fucking intercept. Like step up and intercept? step up. Yeah, That's I guess word. so. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, two sides to the argument, but I, I'd step in. Okay. Did you find it fascinating about octopuses? The life of an octopus? I will never eat octopus ever again ever. after watching that. Ever, ever, ever. And I told Anna, I was like, never eat that in front of me ever again. I'll never do it. And I, I used know, to love same. it. I have such a respect for them. You have no idea. It really affected me, that that film. Oh, yeah. Banjo has an octopus toy. And I walked past it yesterday and I was like, oh, I've never done that. To- <laughs> 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 like it has a whole new meaning. The whole thing. Ah. How about when she hides with all the shells and goes into a little ball? And that's how he found her at the beginning. And then he understood it at the end. Oh my God, they're incredible. And then when she touched him. A little tentacle oh, coming out first and like all of her little suckers. They're, they're independent. Like they're independent. Thousands to one of another. them. 2,000 two and they're independent all from one he another. He said they're each like a little hand. Mm-hmm. And then she walks on two legs sometimes. And, and then, she dances. I can't. How about she, when she played with the fish? I, that's when I was weeping. And then he, she, and he, then he got to hold her for the last time. I can't. I'll, I'll lose it. Stop. <laughs> I'll fucking lose it. No, it was, a, I, I, and I can't believe I'd never heard of it before. Never. I knew I found one you hadn't seen. I felt uh-huh. pretty confident about it because I knew you would have told me about it. So I was like, mm, she didn't see this. Because when you, when you, when you sent it to me, I thought, oh God, is this a half hour comedy? <laughs> I did, was going to send you that and I knew better. <laughs> uh, I, I knew thought, better. Oh, hell. I just envisioned it like a half hour Oh, Mother from the title? Sitcom. Or you just knew that? <laughs> I don't know. I just know you like comedy, half hour comedies. And I thought, what I hell do. am I in for? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I wasn't out to torture you. I was out to have you watch something I knew you'd like. But there was no, um, there was no rule book. So who know, who knows what it could have, what it could have been. It anyway, could have been a lot of things. Could have been a lot of things. And I was Anyway, everyone surprised. needs to see my octopus teacher. It really is remarkable. How about when he intr- he, bro- he intruded on her mating? <laughs> she was, was probably like, like oh, awkward. <laughs> there are limits, human. <laughs> Boundaries. She held up her little tentacle. Okay, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business 
but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra many. brands? Ugh. And you're like, I like this about it, but not this. Or They're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. So in turn, you had me watch Formula One, episode one, season one, Mm -hmm. because you've talked about this for a while Mm -hmm. and I had no interest in it and I didn't understand because I don't like loud cars. Like I hate when somebody pulls up next to me and then they're like, you know that I'm just like, get nobody. We hear you. We see you. Yeah. Okay. So I reluctantly sat down on my couch, much like you did. And I thought, (sighs) to get through this thing. It's an assignment. And I got to tell you, I really, really enjoyed it. It's fucking good, isn't it? Yeah, because they go into the world of it. I'm not watching the races or you're you're learning about the teams and the team captain and how much the crew makes or breaks a race, how the drivers have no sense of fear or uh, fear of death, that they just don't care. Mm-hmm. That they can go like 200 miles an hour into a corner with a wheel right next to you from another car. And they're like, whatever. I, I know you only watch the first episode, but every episode is about a different team. It's not necessarily centered on um, every race, but, you know, every episode they, you know, it's the Graham, it's it's a different Grand Prix around the world, wherever that is. But right. every episode is about a different team. So you get to know. The team, the two drivers, the manager, sometimes the owner, and it's all politics. All politics. And the drivers. Well, it's also money. I mean, they admit it in the first episode. They're like Ferrari and what was the other one? Uh, Mercedes. Red Bull. Was it Mercedes? No, Red Red Bull's Bull's number one. 
Red Bull, for, for the last six years, yeah. Red Bull has been like, like, because Lewis Hamilton is the best driver ever. Like, you, no one can beat Lewis Hamilton. Oh, wow. He's amazing. Um, but, um, but yeah, but their cars are better. That's why I really like the Haas team. I thought that was kind of rad. They're the underdog and they have, he said they have about $150 million to build their cars and their team. And like someone like Ferrari has six to $700 million. But what's interesting as you go throughout the season, Mercedes is kind of in a league of its own. It's on its own. Like no one's going to beat Lewis Hamilton. No question. And Lewis Hamilton's uh, driver, um, his number two is Valtteri Botas. He's usually comes in at number two. This is Mercedes. This is Mercedes. But the, and okay. then but aside from Mercedes, all of the other there's other teams that are kind of like mid-level, like Haas, McLaren, Renault. Um that's the mid-level and Red Bull is like right below Mercedes in terms of, you know. Wins or what? What are you basing this on? Wins and reputation and, 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 you know, just like status. You just learn the politics and the drivers. um, Not only are they driving the other teams, but they're also battling each other as well. Cause you have two drivers on a team. Which I, I didn't know. I thought that was a cool thing to learn too. And there's usually one driver that's considered your number one and the other driver's number two. Kate, do you think it's because one of them might not make it? So they're like, we need a backup. Well, it's because one of their drivers is like the best. So they rely on that driver to win. And so they'll get driver, like the number two driver and the number two driver might have to sacrifice his performance to keep the natural order of things and letting that number one win. Oh, wow. That sucks. For him. And and a few, and it's on every team, right? Um, Are there female drivers? Do they get into that? No, there's not. And I asked um, What's up Anna with that? that last night. I don't know. I think that's ridiculous. I don't know. That's very strange. You get to know every team and then you'll kind of find your favorites. And then there's right. going to be people that annoy you. And then you're going to see someone who's doing really, really poorly and then just kill it all of a sudden. Oh, like they'll have a great race. Yeah, like they'll or the or you get to know their backstory because you get into the backstory of all of them pretty much. I did like that. I liked I liked um I forget his name, the guy who drove for Red Bull and his mother, Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, and just uh talking about like her talking about what it's like every race. She's like, I just want a safe race, and the rest. That was three years ago. He's he's no longer at Red Bull. Well, look at you with all the spoilers. It's not a spoiler. You could Google it. I didn't need it. to know that. Well, I, but I probably would continue watching this. You should continue watching it. It's so fucking good. I didn't know shit about Formula One. I don't care about it. Well, why would you? Right. That's. I didn't grow up with it. Anna loves it. She said, we have to watch this documentary series. They liken them to fighter pilots, which I thought was like, oh, that yeah. kind of makes me understand them. But like, you know, you take me, for instance, I was a soapbox derby racer for five years mm-hmm. and it was a lot about there There were all these tricks to how fast he can get down the hill and all the dads were you know helping do different different like how to weight your wheels or if you screamed inside your car it would keep the vibration down which made you go a little bit like a second faster like there were all these tricks <laughs> but like what I thought was so cute was Daniel is that his name Michael yeah what's his name Daniel Daniel Ricardo. Daniel that he started off in those little go-karts and he always knew he wanted to, you know, like the kind you go yeah. like at a fair, you like, but he raced them professionally as a kid. Yeah. 
And and it's just a, what is that? You think it's a need for speed kind of thing? I don't know. I think I have no well, idea. What a are lot we of talking? Them... There's 10 teams. So there's like 20 drivers in the whole world with this very specific, I don't know what you call it. First of all, for the most part, you have to have money and you have to have connection. To even get on the team? I mean, to even, to even be able to, to even be able to do it in the first place because you need sponsors uh... and all of this stuff. So they usually start off in Formula Two and that's where they get recognized into Formula One. Formula Two is, it's like junior varsity where Formula One's varsity. But I want to know what I would find interesting. I, I don't know if they talk about this, what they do their whole lives to even get to that Formula Two. Like, how do you get into this? It's a strange know. sport and it seems difficult. Like I had to get a sponsor on my soapbox derby car. Yeah, but take that and multiply that by a hundred. And then you're talking like the real racing world and like getting into that. I know that's, I want to know how they do it. It's fascinating because there's not that many of them. This is a sport that I think yeah. very few Cause are it's in. Elite. It's because it's so elitist. That's why. So you think, you think that all the kids have to be rich in order to even start? I'm not the book of um, Formula One by any means, but I think they, they, have to have some sort of means. Um, I think there was one driver in Formula One who he said, you know, he's like, I didn't come from much. I've had to fight really hard because See, I like that. I don't, I don't have the financial backing and I forgot which one he was. And I don't even know if he's on the circuit anymore because drivers are always getting traded and replaced. And there's one driver in the newest scene, season I watched where his father is the new owner of a team and his son has been racing his whole life. So when daddy goes and becomes, you know, like the owner of this, of this team. Well, his son has a spot and his son is not a bad driver by any means. So he could actually go somewhere, but it's like, oh, you're pretty secure. Yeah. That's not fair. No, it's not. But the, the sport is cutthroat. We thought our business was bad. And do they go into the psychology of the drivers? Like, oh yeah. Or, or even this, you know what I was wondering? Do they talk about what makes them a good driver? Because I'm kind of like, they all have a fast car and you just kind of try to get to the front. Like what, what makes one better than the other? What's like a good driver? But all the cars are different. I understand that. But like, is it like the way you round a corner is better than someone else? Or like your, your gutsiness is but I don't know, like. It kind of seems like a good driver is a good driver. Like strategically, I don't understand what makes them any different from each other. Well, did you see how there's a qualifying? Mm-hmm. Right. So then you like you do the the qualifying run to see right. where you're going to land. You get around the track. Right. And so wherever that, so that's where you're going to be placed in the lineup for the race the following day. So mm-hmm. if you're in the back, right, there's like, there's more than 10, actually. I think there's 15 or something. No, there's 10 teams. That's there's what 10 teams? Two, four. Yeah, okay. So if you're the last one or second to the last, it's going to be really challenging for you to make it all the way up to the front where Lewis Hamilton is it's and like try track. to beat him. It's like track. Right, right. So, I mean, it's really like, and that's why some, like, that's why some drivers go to a team and they're like, oh, I'm really excited to be part of Renault, for instance. And then they, and then, you know, the car sucks that year and they're having such a hard time steering it. That's what I'm it. saying. Do you think the cars, the difference between the teams, do you think it's the cars or the drivers? Uh, maybe, I think it's, could maybe it's the driver in the car and not reacting well to that car. They all seem aggressive. They all want to win. That's, that's like the overall theme of all of them. They all want, they all strive to win, to be the best, to, you know, 
secure a spot. They're clearly um, not scared. Well, I think they're... They're not scared to die. But like I heard three of them say that. Yeah, because they want to win. They're like, I'll do whatever it takes. And in the third kind of season, one of them gets in a um, really nasty no, car accident. Kate! Kate! I'm not telling you which one. I'm just saying, like, you see accidents on the throughout the series and you see them react to it and then suddenly they're like oh wait actually i am human it's a really vulnerable experience and it fucks all of them up because they're reminded that it could be them yeah i'm really happy you watched that oh i loved it good suggestion i feel like we're making people turn away from what we're suggesting because we've already given it all up i don't think so (laughs) listen my thing has three seasons, it goes on 10 and episodes on, yeah. each. You have 30 episodes. A lot happens. We're just like talking about the core of it. Your, your thing, your documentary, it's about a sweet fucking octopus. It has a beginning and it has an end. Yeah. It's like a Disney film, a live, real life Disney film. It was like that. You know? We had our listeners call in to either ask us about something having to do with TV or suggest stuff for us. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and hear our answering machine. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to hear what other people, well, people called in over a week ago and I I think shared what they're enjoying or suggestions. So I'm ready to hear what they have to say. Hi, Kate and Leisha. My name is Bailey and I use they, them pronouns. And I just love to say, I love your podcast. It makes my commute every single week. uh, And I adore you guys. So thank you for doing great work. Uh, my show suggestion for you is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is my top comfort show, perhaps of all time. Uh, I know Kate mentioned it last week in the Q&A with the question of shows about Philly, and I can't speak too much on that part since I live in New York, but Rob McElhenney, who is the creator of the show, was actually born and raised in South Philly, if that helps convince you. Um, also, nothing else. If nothing else, please watch this show for the queer representation. Uh, One of the main characters, Mac, is gay and so complex. Um, I watched this show before I watched The L Word, actually. So this was my first time really seeing queer people as whole human beings and not just stereotypes. And I hold that so close to my heart. Um, So, yes, please watch this and then secure a guest star because I would love to see you on it. Um, So, yeah, watch that. Bye. I can't tell you how many people have told me to watch this show. And now, Bailey, you've convinced me. I mean, now it's coming over the air, the airwaves. The funny thing is, um, I know Rob and Charlie. 
I've known, I know, I've known Charlie and I were in Williamstown together and I robbed from back home. So, um, I've just no never way. gotten around. Yeah. I've just never gotten around to seeing it. And I should. Well, it's a comedy. That's probably why. My friend, my friend, Jimmy, or our friend, because, you know, Jimmy was on it a bunch and it's been on for fucking ever. I'm going to do that. You know, my girlfriend's out of town and this is when I really have an opportunity to like sit on the couch and just potato out. And I'm going to do that. You I'm know what, Bailey? I'm going to do it. I should. I've, I, whenever I well, see it, you I always should, think, oh, good. Of Billy. I, well, I should also. And I'm always like, oh, I, I got to watch, you know, I like, you know, it's amazing that, you know, Charlie has um, just killed it. And I'm always like, oh, I have to watch it. And then I never do. Hey, guys. So Glow is a must watch. Um, Allison Brie is phenomenal. She's playing a serious actress in the 80s. She's absolutely uninterested in playing fluff characters, which is largely all there was for women. Um, so a casting agent gives her a hot tip for an audition for an underground project run by this renegade writer and director who has some deep-seated issues. And this is The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Um, That's okay, what that I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, I want to see that. And one of our makeup artists on The L Word worked on that show yeah. through... I think all the seasons, Melissa. Um, yeah, and she speaks so highly of it, and everyone who was on the on the show, the whole cast. That um, looks like a kind of show. If I watched, I'd kick myself for not being on it. I think it was oh, set yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, female wrestler Mark Marin is on it. I think I don't know who he plays, but he's in it. Oh, it's, it's a, a show really cool you, cast. Both of us would kill to be on. Yeah, totally. And it ended actually. I think it's yeah, it's over. I, yeah, yeah I want to do that. That's one that's actually been on my list to watch. So me too. Like, I've always been meaning the time. I've always been meaning to watch it. And I don't know why I never did, but that's something I could get into. Me too. Hey guys, this is Allison calling from New York. The best show ever, especially during the pandemic has been the great British Bake Off on Netflix. All day long. Watch all eight, nine, I don't it feels like 30 seasons on a binge. And you feel like you're really far away. You know, like you're on vacation because they all have beautiful accents and their personalities are fun and it's lighthearted and full of yummy treats. So great British bake-off all day, every day. Hope you're well. Thanks. That girl's speaking my language. Yeah, this has been, you told me this through the whole pandemic. I haven't missed a season. It is so simple. It's the happiest place on earth. Truly it is. And I think a new season came out during the pandemic and it just whisked you away into this magical hillside in in England. And yeah, it's simple. It's the best because there's no uh, overly produced bullshit storylines. Everyone's just there. And you said everyone, they're not mean when someone does no. something wrong. They're, yeah, no, that's they're nice. all like when someone, they, they, yeah, like when someone needs help, they'll all help. Like, oh, let me help you with that. If you, come on, we have to get your bake right. It's the perfect bake. Oh, Leisha. It's, I know. It's, I would like it, wouldn't I? Uh, well, and the guy from, um, from that show, um, what was that English show, that British, uh, sketch comedy show that we used to like? I want, I want that, that one. one. Oh, that one. He's one of the, Great he's the host. Yeah, he he's the new host. Uh, what a along show. With, I want that one. I want that one. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you why you watch so much reality television. Um, Excuse me. I think I'm very selective in my reality television 
choices. I don't just watch reality television. Well, I'm not I'm not trying to get in a fight with you. They're very well curated. Okay, but you watch more reality television than anyone I know. And I want to know what the draw is for you. Is it do you find it more interesting than scripted television because it's actually happening and you're not being like challenged to be swept away into a story that you're like, yeah, it's a bunch of actors saying a bunch of lines. 90 Day Fiance is an anthropological study. The Bachelorette and The Bachelor are overly produced and they do annoy the shit out of me. I will say The Bachelorette is always better than The Bachelor because, you know, The Bachelor, is, he's always, you know, it, it's never interesting, but The Bachelorettes are, when it's the woman contestant, always much more interesting. Um, but it's, again, an anthropological study. So you find yourself to be more like a scientist? No, I just love <laughs> watching the human behavior on 90 Day Fiance. And if you gave that a chance, you'd be like, oh, I totally get it. I don't watch competition shows. You went on and on about one of these. And I tuned in and I was so annoyed and frustrated and did not understand the hype. I don't know which one that was. They fell in love in like a day or like a week. Mm -hmm. Love is Blind on Netflix? Yes. Oh, it was great. It was awful. Oh, I felt, it was I so felt good. Like someone had made me waste hours of my life. Oh. I was so mad because I was like, what, do I, what am I not seeing that the world sees? Because the best part is when they get out of those little pods they're in, they have to be face to face. And they realize, a lot of them um, realized, oh my God, this is total that's bullshit. that's the thing. Duh. Like, I don't need yeah, them to realize fun. that. I Then you love competition shows. You love Formula One. Lot. You love... Formula One is a re is, is a documentary series. It's not a competition show. No, but it's reality. It's it's no, it's, not. it's, it's a, a documentary. Doc. It's a, I know, but well, it, every uh, documentary is reality, right? I know that. Ninety Day Fiance is a reality series. That's a reality show. I where know. They follow the couples around, and you know you this see how idiotic point. the American is, and and it's an anthropological study. I'm not judging you. You're very defensive. Oh, I know that. I'm asking. Oh. I'm not defensive. I'm explaining to you. These are the reasons why they're fascinating. Like 90 Day Fiance, if I gave you the right episode to start with the right couple, you'd think you'd be like, I'm in 100%. Okay. Sold. I'm never going to ask that again. <laughs> I mean, I can ask you why you like 30 minute comedies. Like what's funny about them? Because what makes them funny? Because there's because when you get a true comic genius, you can't believe your eyes. And you're, you find yourself in this euphoric moment of laughter. And what's better than that? Like like the Golden Girls, Veep, that doesn't, that's, things that no, make... I'm no, no, no. What? I'm talking more currently. I'm talking more currently. I don't care if it's, if it's old or new. I don't care. I'm saying what, the point is when there's something truly funny, when someone's really good at what they do, I don't see anything wrong with a comedy. I think it's... You're talking about bad ones or ones that are like, no, I'm, no, I'm talking about popular ones that everyone's talking about. And I tried to watch it and I don't want to name it. And I just sit there and I'm like, I don't fucking get it. So it's like yeah. a simpler time. It's it's like what, you know, the Brady Bunch used to feel like where you're just like, oh, just but I good. won't knock Veep or the Golden Girls. Absolutely not. I know you those won't, but that's those are brilliant. Comedies. I'm talking more like current, like current things. I'm just, uh I want to hear another one. Hey, y'all. This is Jen in Tennessee. I want to echo what others have said, that it is just a delight to listen every week. 
Okay, so favorite show, almost not a fair question because there have been so many in my life. But today I'm going to argue for Killing Eve because it's dark and twisty, but with an amazing cast and such clever wit. Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are both fantastic and have such great on-screen chemistry. I love that it's led by two strong female leads and that both roles are very active. Neither character is passively sitting around. They're very forceful in moving the plot along. The supporting cast also is so smart and well put together. Fiona Shaw is amazing. The whole cast is really fantastic. So that's my take. Y'all stay healthy and safe out there. Bye. I have to agree. Fiona Shaw is a genius. Jodie Comer. Like, Sandra Oh, we've loved her forever, haven't we? I mean, this show's... Do you you like this show, right, Kate, or do you not like it? Oh, you have a problem with this show. I love this show. I love Sandra Oh. I love Fiona Shaw. I love Jodie Comer. I kind of fell off at the end of second season. I can't speak for third. I love... Villainess is... she's She's such a unique character. Villanelle? Villanelle. Sorry. It's been a minute. I loved the first season. Loved. Yeah. I think there was a different showrunner second season, a different writer. Phoebe Waller-Bridge did the first. And then second season, it was a different one. It wasn't bad. It just, and and everyone does a great job. I just, and then I didn't see the third season, to be honest. Have you seen Fleabag? Yes. Okay. Because that oh also God. is a comedy. Of course I've seen Fleabag. I live okay, under a well, rock. I'm just checking. I don't know. Yes. She, that's the kind of comedy I can get into. She's but witty. That's, good. that's what I'm saying. That's brilliant. what happens when you get a genius at the helm. I think genius gets tossed around a little much, like in the uh, comedy world. No, it doesn't. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, is actually one. a comic genius. Hello, uh, my name's Lisa. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I think that um, Kate and Leisha, that you should watch Orphan Black if you already haven't. Um, it's a series about a group of people that are all interconnected because they are clones, trying to not give too much away. But um, if you Google it, it's obvious that they're clones. Um, so they go on a bit of a journey of trying to uncover how they're all connected and trying to figure out how they came to be in the world, how to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. It's a really gripping show. I've watched it over and over again, I think, like three or four times. It's hilarious at times, and it also can be really, really heartbreaking. Um, it deals with themes of bodily autonomy, family, love, connection, trying to find freedom and trying to feel free. And it's also a little bit gay, uh, which is always um, a tick uh, for me to watch something. <laughs> um, and the best part is that the main five or six characters are played by the same incredible actor, Tatiana Maslany, don't know if I'm saying that right. Maybe it's my Australian accent. Um, but every time I watch her and I remember that she plays most of the characters, it just blows my fucking mind because I'm like, holy shit, how can one person be so versatile and be so incredibly talented? Even if you don't like the storyline, you should just watch it just to watch her be absolutely amazing. It's a little bit sci-fi, which is not normally my thing, but it's just a really good show and I would really recommend it. Lisa, first of all, you figured it out. Lisa, our first overseas caller, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A round of applause yes. for Lisa. And all the way from Australia. Um, my sister is obsessed with this show and has been begging me to watch it. And you just reminded me of that because I think she told I've me I've heard it was year. great. 
Yeah. I've always heard it was great. Um, and that girl is supposed to be great. She and plays I think that a lot of won. different parts, right? She won a bunch of awards, I think, when I it like first how she said out. it's a little bit gay. Reminds me of Margaret Cho. A little bit gay. Okay, I, <laughs> yes. Lisa, it's on my list. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I have to pick which one I'm going to start with. It might be that one. Orphan Black. I want that one. She's the second one who's told you to watch it. Yeah, and I love sci-fi. Love. I want that one. Okay. All right, let's take one more. Hi, Pants Todd. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kate. So the show that I have been obsessed with and definitely got me through a lot of the pandemic is The Succession. HBO show. It's a dark comedy. Very dark. Um which is probably why I like it so much. Um, it is, it's incredible. It's uh, loosely based off of the Murdoch family. So you have the patriarch of the family, um, Logan Roy, played by Brian Cox, who is um, the CEO of this media conglomerate. And he is sort of ailing in his health and his children are pretty ruthlessly trying to vie for his spot as CEO of the company. We love this show so much. Fucking succession. What's I'm so upset than the pandemic right paused the production of that show. And now the new season isn't coming out until much later because of the delay. I love that show. Bore on the floor. Everyone, thank you for your suggestions. We're going to get to work on watching some of those. And on top of that, I mean, I think we're going to continue this uh, assignment with each other once in a while, right? Where gonna... You know who I want as a guest to help sell my 90-day fiancé obsession? I'd love to get Roxanne Gay on this because Roxanne Gay also loves 90-day fiancé. Let's call her up. Please. I need some backup, and she is the perfect backup. Okay, let's do that because I... And, you know, I'll have to obviously watch an episode so I know what you guys are talking Ugh. about. Before we go, I'd like to... Come here, Banjo. Just leave you with the greatest sound of all time, which is my dog eating a corn chip. Leash, what do we call Banjo when she comes over to my house? Cousin Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's coming over later, so get ready. I gave her a bath. Cousin Eddie. Bring on Cousin Eddie. Um... All right. Well, this has been another episode of uh, Pants. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Yes, she will. Thanks. Woohoo! Bye. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley, produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at the Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.